podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J. and Phoenix in the building, the booth. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are now tuned into Pop Culture. Pop, I will say, as much as we're doing pop culture and things are as normal as can be on this podcast, we will be talking conference realignment. We will be talking expansion ACC with Mike Abracadabra Casaza. That's how you say it. Mike Casaza. We will have the interview later, but right now we're jumping into Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis talking about bathing. Jeremy, did you see what they had to say? Nasty. Yes, I saw what they had to say. Purely disgusting. Talking about they don't take showers. No, they didn't say they don't take showers. They don't take them every day. Yeah, but they they were anti-shower people, and he talked about he did wash up, which I believe that's commonly referred to as the skank bath. Um, where you just where, 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 where you get the important parts in the sink to make sure you're fresh. Sorry, that's nasty. Especially you, Ashton. First of all, first and foremost, a shower is very therapeutic to me. I love it. There's nothing like just getting done and just I don't know. Every time I think about the the outcast meme, so fresh and so clean, clean. Ain't nobody dope as me. I don't know. You just feel good when you take a shower. You feel good. And then for your dirty self not to take a shower, to do a skank bath, that's nasty. I don't get it. Um, Actually, when you showed it to me, first of all, I laughed so hard. And then I was in disbelief. Mila Kunis says, I don't wash every day with soap, but I wash pits, tits, holes, and soles. And it makes the important parts get clean. So she's saying she's not walking around funky. If you're wondering... Mila and Ashton are not walking around funky, according to them, because they don't use soap every day, but they clean the important parts. The weird thing for me is like what you said, Jeremy. It's therapeutic for me. It's part of my routine, and I'm just used to it and comfortable with it, and I love it. I can't imagine going as often as they do without bathing. They don't even bathe their kids unless they're actually physically dirty is what they said. Yeah, that's nasty and lazy. That's nothing but pure, D, unadulterated laziness. And how do you not, how, I don't, I I honestly don't get it. How do you not find a shower, the cascading water? If you're into baths and that's your thing, okay. But the warmth of the water, skin, you get, and when you're done, like, I don't know, you feel exfoliated and clean. You put the lotion on, the powder, I mean, whatever you put on. A lot of people don't know about that lotion after the shower, though. Putting lotion on after the shower? Yeah, no, I think that's a black people thing. I I get it, I get it. It's cultural. Yeah, I get it. Look, so... For us, if if you want the Brillo pad elbows, you got you gotta put some lotion. You don't want to look like you've been breaking bricks with your feet. Gotta put some lotion on. So funny when I used to go to some of my friends' house. Um, see, on Jalen Jacoby, they have an easy way of saying this. Jalen is Caucasian, and, and, and uh, excuse me, Jalen is black, and Jacoby's white. So, so all they usually say is um, they look like me, or they look like you. <laughs> so Jacoby. Uh, it's funny going over to some of my friend's house, and uh, my friends uh, looked like Jacoby. And I'd ask them for lotion, like growing up. I'd be like, oh, do you have some lotion? And they would bring me this teeny tiny little thimble of lotion, Brandon. 
And I couldn't help but laugh at myself thinking, I'm going to use every bit of this yep. <laughs> in this one serving. But I will say that a, pre- a pediatrician said that it's okay what Mila and Ashton are doing. That it's okay, especially for kids, that actually soap can be harmful if you use too much. Good for kids. When you a grown adult, that's, that's, like, what that's, that's, that's what Jim Gaffigan said. Those people say, all oh, natural. I mean, uh, people don't need deodorant. Yeah, but you do. But you do. <laughs> but you do. Yeah, like somebody said, somebody was talking about this whole subject, and they said, but my husband doesn't smell. He doesn't shower, but he doesn't smell. He doesn't use deodorant, but he doesn't smell. You ever had a cat or a dog, and you get used to the smell in your house? Somebody, somebody else comes in, and it punches him right in the face. Amen. Do you remember when we were playing that Gus Macker? 303 against them, them one dudes, them African dudes. Well, not, uh, our oh, first my goodness. Gus, yeah, Piqua. The tournament, the 3 and 3 basketball tournament was sponsored by Speed Stick. They yeah. were giving it out for yeah. free. Yeah. <laughs> by the dozens. Oh, my goodness. That was a best offense. They body, they body odor. Okay. They BO was killing me. It was too much. It's too much, and it's ridiculous, especially for people who are rich and famous like Ashton and Mila. They got to do better because they're influencing the culture. So, you know, you just got to do better, man. You just got to do better. Yeah, no, hey, look, do you, boo-boo, do you. Just don't roll up around me. I'm sorry. I mean, they got money, and they rich and famous, so never mind. They come around me whenever they want. But anybody else who don't have their status, don't be coming around me, uh, up around me, funky. No, thank you. Well, that does it for Raspy Voice Kids Pop Culture. We're on to the next segment. I got five on it. Raspy Voice! Do you have cold floors in your home? It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. On it. It's your boy Jeremy Phoenix. I'm here with my brother Brandon Phoenix, aka I also hate Pit. Another five questions for this week. Hey, guess what? That's a lot of stuff. A lot to do with the Big 12 uh SEC Exodus. Hey, we're gonna get after them. Drop it on us, Jordan. Hello and welcome back to another edition of I Got 500 with the Raspy Voice Kids. I'm your host, Jordan Ty Curry, and we are going to get things started right here with the first blank. Texas and OU's Brexit, Big 12 exit, is blank. Expected. It's expected. We knew these super conferences were coming. The SEC is the big dog on the block, on all the blocks. And to me, it's expected. I didn't expect Texas to be as gun-ho as they are since they can't compete in the Big 12 like they, would, like they think they should compete. But it's not far-fetched to me. This is expected. I got you. I actually had two. I had two. I, I had, because I had those two uh, spaces that I put, you know, blanks, is cunning and advantageous. Very cunning. The, the, the SEC said, uh, we haven't proactive. Shut up. All these people been ducking and hiding and behind the back end. Everything they did was underhanded. But I get it because it was to their advantage. And they had to do it like that, Brandon. Think about it. If they came out and said what they were going to do before, 
Texas A&M would have been like Michael Corleone or Corleone. He would have said, remember when he was talking to Kay and he said, and, and Kay wanted to take his children away from me, he said, don't you know that I would use all my resources and all my power? So that didn't happen. That's exactly what Texas A&M would have done. Now, I'm Trouble not, is, I'm not te- saying it would have stopped anything. I'm just saying exactly. it made the, the road way, way harder to get around. Because, I mean, here's the truth. Even the Big 12, the Big 12 would have fought tooth and nail not to let them out. You know what I mean? Would have found every reason. So I'm not, I'm not hating on them when I say it was cunning, but it's something that they had to do. They had to. Yeah. But like you said, they wouldn't have been able to do anything. And by the way, just like Michael Corleone said, he said, never let them know what you're thinking. Bingo. Number two. Conference realignment means blank for WVU. It means uncertainty. I was going to say trouble, but the truth is it's uncertainty. We don't know where we land. We don't know what it means. So it means when we're talking to recruits, when we're talking to administrators and coaches, it's uncertainty across the board until we find a landing spot. My answer, because I feel pretty certain of where we're going. Why do I feel that way? Because I do. Do I have any facts? No. Do I need facts? No. I feel like, you know, the Athletic Coast Conference, here we come. So my answer is, it means less travel. Less travel for the team. Less travel for the fans. I could be completely wrong. But just like every other sports analyst, not that I am, and every other reporter and every other person who talks, they have no clue either. So right now I'm going with less travel, which is a welcome thing to us. Yeah, but as long as it's not a $30 million drop-off. Number three. Bob Bowlesby is to the Big 12 as blank is to blank. Bob Bowlesby is to clowns as fish. Bob, Bob, Bob Bowlesby is to the Big 12 as clowns are to the circus. I mean, Bob Bowlesby is a clown. That's what I was going to say. That's the main thing to me. I need everybody to understand he's a clown. He didn't see this coming. He had no idea it was coming. He came out of left field for him, completely unaware, completely unprepared, so bad that now he's sending a cease and desist letter to, the, to ESPN as if that's going to do anything besides make him more of a laughing stock. Bob, Bob Bowlesby is a complete and utter clown. Me, Bob Bowlesby to the Big 12 is as the NCAA is to college football. Mismanage, powerless, and soon to not be around. <laughs> Very soon. <laughs> that's, that's my two. NCAA is to college football. Number four. Best Virginia's loss in the TBT is because of blank. They didn't have enough firepower. I mean, it's not far-fetched, but they, they, it's blank. They didn't have enough firepower. They did not have enough guys who could score the ball when it needed scored, especially down the stretch when you needed just one bucket. Um, not to say that it came down to just one bucket, but they didn't have the guys they needed when they needed just one, when they needed to stem the tide, when they needed to take the game over. So that's what I say. They didn't have enough firepower. Yes. Uh, I could have went with because of not having John Elmore, but I decided not to do that. Um, but said it anyway. <laughs> said it anyway. I said it's because of guard play. So our guards played great defense, whether it was Ruoff, whether it was Juwan Staten, whether it was Tavon Myers, Tariq Phillips. What I didn't see from our guards was scoring, Brandon. Tariq Phillips made a few buckets. But those other guards, I mean, I know uh, Tavon Myers hit a couple threes, but we just didn't get enough production offensively 
not from assists, not from making buckets, between Ruolf, between Staten, between um, um, Myers, our, our guards are what let us down in this tournament. Um, I feel like our bigs played well. I feel like Kevin Jones and John Flowers came to play. I felt like they made buckets inside. I honestly felt like they should have kept feeding them, especially in that te- uh, uh, against uh, Team 23. I know they had big dudes, but you know what? They was doing work on them. Give them the ball. Let them go to work. Let them get in the paint. They were doing it. And yet, somehow we went away from it in that game. So I, I think it was because of guard play. As much as I like James Long, if we're being honest, Ruoff had no business being in that game late. But he was. So that's something you can no, correct And too. those guards played great defense and rebounded really well. So I'm not taking away from him on that aspect. But on the offensive end of the floor, definitely left something. That's where we need Daxter. You know, that's where you can fill the cup. Yeah, I mean, in moments, he's sometimes very iffy. Okay. Not the guy I rely on when it matters. Number five, Woo! Simone Biles taking her exit from the Olympics is blank. I'm going to just do some music. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody's talking all this stuff about me. Why don't they just let me live? Tell me why. I don't need permission. Make my own decision. Because oh. it's my prerogative. It's her prerogative, all right? People coming at her. People saying this and that. People talking about there's a lot more that's going into this. When we talk about mental health, there's a lot that has been going on from from Larry, uh, you know, Nasser, Big Perf, uh, uh, Larry Nasser, to to them scoring her incredible flips way lower because they don't want to encourage. Like I've never heard about that in any other sport. And these are the judges who should be rewarding her for doing harder things. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, what's uh, Ali Raisman? Raisman. She came, which she's also a fellow Olympian who won in the, in the, I think the uh, Rio, the Rio Olympics, came to uh, Simone Biles' defense and said, there's a lot, the, the pressure and the things that surround you, you don't understand if you've never been there. Uh, and it's not just about winning, it's all the little things that go into it. And she's worried about Simone Biles' health. Here's my thing, you don't know. I'm not telling you I know, but I do know that you don't know. So look. Simone Biles, do what's best for you because it's your prerogative, girl. My thing is she has the twisties. Simone Biles not competing is simple. She has the twisties. The twisties are when you lose your sense of time, orientation, and space when you're in the air. And multiple people, including WVU gymnastic great Erica Fontaine, talked about this. She's had the twisties. Others have had it too. Carrie Strug came to Simone Biles' defense. A lot of people say, well, Carrie Strug went out there with a broken ankle. She competed. Yeah, it ruined her career. She never competed again. She finished when she was 19. So don't talk to me about what Simone Biles should do. She had the twisties. I've never experienced that, but I can't imagine jumping, flipping, spinning through the air, not knowing where you are and expected to land, and and somebody saying to me that I should compete in that circumstance. It's ridiculous. And it's not just mental health. In this case, it's a very real sports psychology issue that she's not the first to experience. So keep your mouth shut if you don't know what you're talking about. There we go. Five questions. Brandon ended it strong with his. There you go, son. But that's what we got with I Got Five on it. Up next is the roundup. Rap me, boys! You just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, stand. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Just get yourself free. 
or you hop on the bus, cause you don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, Lee, and get yourself free. Slip out the back. It is now time for the Roundup, Mountaineer Roundup, Sports Roundup, whatever you want to call it. The Raspy Voice kids are on it. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J. Anthony Phoenix. I'm in the building in the booth. We ready to rock. Jeremy, what you want to talk about? What do you think I want to talk about? The only thing there is to talk about. Conference realignment. There you go. Texas and OU are out. Can I say this real quick? No, say whatever you want to. Listen. I'm not mad at Texas or Oklahoma. I think I made notes for this because I didn't want to forget anything. I'm not mad at them. I'm not even a little bit. I'm not even a little bit mad at them. I do not blame Texas or Oklahoma. I think it's funny that Texas thinks they're a big dog and they're going to go compete like a big dog when the only thing they're a big dog at is finances. And marketing and TV money, yes, yes. But they're not a big dog on the field. No, they're not. They're not a big dog on the court. But they're one. But but the thing is, they haven't had. You know, they haven't had an offensive player drafted since Vince Young in the first round. But but they're only half a breath away from being a big dog. We'll see, because they've been half a breath away for twenty five years, and they haven't. They've done nothing. Believe it or not, I know he didn't work out at USC, but I believe in Sark right now. Okay, he's been rehabilitated. Okay, Okay. (laughs) lots of people have. We'll see what happens. Because I think the bigger problem with Texas is not the coaching staff; it's the donors and the pushing and the shoving, the grabbing and the tugging. But that doesn't matter when the eyes continue to watch them every game. No, I agree. I'm not. But you're missing what I'm saying. All right, right. you're not 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 talking about that. You're just talking about the on the field. Exactly. I'm not talking about. I get that part. I'm not confused by it. That's why I'm not mad at Texas and OU for doing what they did. What I will say is Texas is big enough to go independent. So if you want to talk about how great you are, why didn't you go independent? Why are you going to the SEC? Oklahoma, I get. Now, yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. if I was Oklahoma, I don't see why you leave. Do you know how much more money they're going to make? Do you know? I know how much. Yes, I know how much more money they're going to make. At least $20 million a year. A year $22 more. $22 million more. We're make, they're making about 38 in the Big 12. SEC goes about 60. They almost double. Double. No, it's not almost double. 22, 30, okay. Two-thirds. Two-thirds. Because 76 would be double. Just saying. I mean, they they are getting long bread, and I'm tired of people. Oh, it's about money. Everybody talks about money, and and they're just being greedy. If your team was in it, you wouldn't care. So stop it. If West Virginia had the chance to go to the SEC and leave all those other losers behind, <laughs> I guarantee you, I would be ecstatic. No, no, guarantee nothing. Everybody listening would. There would be no complaints. None. If the report said West Virginia, OU, and Texas yes, leave peace. this SEC. Peace. See you later. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, the only thing I am about this whole development is what we just talked about. The only thing I am is jealous. No, no. The only thing I don't like, and I, I do understand why they had to do it the way they did it. I think you're, I know what you're going to say, and I disagree with you. But, but then don't I, lie to me and say... Nobody proactively. Uh, uh, Texas, Texas OU put out feelers. No, the deal's done. What do you mean you put out feelers? But you're saying they nobody proactively. The SEC may not have proactively reached okay, out. Okay, so what if about Texas and OU? So, were, so what about the report that uh, Texas OU putting out feelers? No, they ain't putting no feelers. Wait, wait, wait. It's over. What you, what you just said, Texas and OU, they may have reached out to the SEC. And it sounds like that's I'm, what happened. I'm saying the world report, when it came out on ESPN and everywhere else, is Texas and OU have asked about Exactly. Being, no, the deal is done. You're, you're right, the deal is done, but Texas and OU reached out. The SEC is maybe right what they're saying. We did not go you after You guys, them. there's nothing transparent about this. No, nobody said it was transparent. This is just like I'm Slim. Scared, all I'm saying is. This is just like Slim is straight up shady. No. The way they went about it, underhanded. Now, no, here's but the thing. you called the SEC out saying that they made, they made that, okay. they they, made that they, quote. They, maybe they didn't they call put first. That, they put that response out saying they didn't proactively seek expansion. And I'm telling you, I believe that Texas okay, and OU started okay, this. Okay, maybe. That's possible. I just feel like Michael Corleone with all these fools. Look, look. The second Godfather reference. Yeah, yeah, when he's talking to Carlo. 
He says, just don't tell me you're innocent. Because it insults my intelligence. No, but and I'm it makes telling me very you, angry. if the SEC says, if the SEC... All right, I'm them, saying maybe the SEC is off the hook. Somebody was lying and, and going behind yeah, people's back yeah. and being real cunning, cunning and, you know, in the middle of the night. But they had to. They have contracts. They, to this that, day... That's what this musical's about. You know? Slip out the bat, Jack. Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. Ain't no need to be cool, Roy. Yeah, no, it was just be out. And that's what they were. I, but I'm not mad at anything they did. Because to me, they had to do it the way they did because of contracts, because of language, because of A&M, because of Oklahoma State trying to get the legislature involved. Man. They had to do what Brandon, they did. Brandon, I don't know if anybody's as mad as... No, there's two teams that are the maddest. There, it's easy. The number one is Texas A&M. And Oklahoma State, both the, of them. Oklahoma Brandon. State is number two. Because No, I don't know. Because Texas A&M, it, I mean, I understand how mad they are. But trust me, they're not going to go off the... Because they're in a spot where, hey, you got to deal with it. Oklahoma State is out in the cold. In the cold. They are not with, with a, the rest of us. They are not AAU. Nope. They're too far west to be in the uh, uh, ACC. Yeah. Uh, too far <laughs> east to be in the big the Pac-12, yeah. technically. What you going to do? Like, Oklahoma State is so mad. Little brother, he's talking about, he, they look at Oklahoma like, you used to be my homie. You used to be my, my ace. Now I want to slap the taste out your mouth. That's how they feel. I mean, but guess what? They can't jump high enough to reach Oklahoma to do that. Yeah, no. Diet no. Oklahoma is stuck where they are. The other thing that I want to talk about is, so, so everybody wants to talk about, oh, is West Virginia going here? West Virginia going there? The interesting thing to me was, so we, you know, we've heard rumors about certain things, how teams, there may have been a team who knew a little bit about what was going on before it happened in the Big 12, right? Mm. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't. But you know the reason why I do believe that, that if there was a trusted uh, institution, that it makes all the sense that Texas would would have said something to uh, this other institution, uh, other institution outside of Oklahoma. Who? You mean who? Yeah, who did Texas say something to? West Virginia. You think so, Brandon? I kind of. I don't think Texas and Oklahoma said a word. Brandon, why I would think, they? I think late in the game? Why would they? Yeah. Because they owe $76 million. Guess what? If they break. No, guess what? All right, go ahead. ESPN owes Texas Texas nearly $200 million for the Longhorn Network. Okay. So guess who's going to be paying that exit fee? No, no, Brandon. Not but, Texas or Oklahoma. But guess who's going to be paying but, it? No, 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 no. But they, they, they don't want to pay $76 million. Did you know that there's... Texas doesn't want to pay it, but they're not... Do you know that there, if the Big 12 breaks down, which means four teams or more leave... Nobody owes nobody nothing. No, I agree, Jeremy. But Brandon, t- so, Jeremy, but so, so you- if you had a trusted associate like, hey, look, this was going down, gives you a safe place. Now, if four teams leave. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree. Because four teams leave. Four teams are going to leave anyway when the news comes out. I, but you for sure know at least three teams no, are leaving. I, all I know is 80, Brandon, 80 million. I know you're Texas, but nah, $80 million is a lot of nah. money. Texas ain't paying it. I just told yeah. you ESPN's going to end up it's paying it. It's still a lot of money. It what, is. ESPN's going to pay it. What, no, you said ESPN's going to pay yeah. what Bob you, Bowles, we just sent out a cease and desist letter to ESPN. And just saw yeah, it yeah, Twitter. yeah. That, and that's why uh, we're going to be on um, USA <laughs> TV. Well, on Facebook. We're going to be on Facebook. And by, oh, Brandon, by the way, I do want to ask you this. Do you want to go to a new conference or do you want to fight with the brothers I want in the, the ACC. Big 12? I want, I want in the AC Brothers. Yep. I don't even know them. No. <laughs> do you, I want the ACC. Brandon, do you have any interest in staying? No. 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 No, we never belonged. You never treated us like we belonged. Now you're going to say, hey, we all need to no. get your hand out my face, Frank. Get your Frank. hand out my pocket. I'm telling you. Right, get your hand out my face, Frank. Look, 
Look at ACC come knocking. Ain't nobody itching. Y'all we not- gonna answer the door. I'm not even gonna say it, but we're gonna answer the door yeah. when they come knocking. That's what we're no, gonna say. No, no. Find yourself somewhere else. You say it's look, 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 look. The bottom line is we were never part of the Big 12. No, they not really. They never treated us like one of them. They didn't embrace us. Refereeing, uh, officiating, they did not embrace, they did not treat us like we were one of them. So now I'm supposed to care about y'all? Oh, Oklahoma. Oh, Iowa State. Oh, bet. Nah, peace. Hope you figure it out. And I'm not saying for sure we're going anywhere. I just feel very comfortable. I, I honestly do. I, I, I'm at a calm peace right now. And I feel like I don't know anything. I have no insider information. I just, I don't know. I just have a feeling that we're going to be all right. And we're not going to be in the Big 12. And you know what? That's fine by me. We got their money. We got out. We weren't one of them. And I, uh, we, upgra- we upgraded our facilities. To the tune of fifty-five million dollars. That's right. We got that Impossible money. Impossible without the Big Twelve. That's right. Get, get that we got money. that money. They got what they needed. We got what we needed. It's time to be out. I'm all about the ACC right now. Like Mike Abracadabra Casaza. I can never remember how to say his name unless I say it that yeah. way. Mike Casaza said that e- the ACC is the most likely landing spot. The ACC is the most preferred landing spot. So let's get there. The question is: Will we, will we be able to convince the ACC to take us? Here's the thing: I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I think so. I th- I think I don't know. I, I hear little things. You know, you hear the relationships that uh, you know Shane Lyons had with the ACC, Jim Clements, and Jim Cl- Phillips. There you go, and Gordon Gee. Um, the fact that they took Louisville, who's garbage uh, academically, um, and embroiled in scandals. Yeah, and it, it sounds like that we should be able to get in. It sounds like for their network. West Virginia Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, some of those old school biggies things, but like, uh, especially because they talk about streaming and how West Virginia does really the well. Streaming is important. They say does really well. Um, that might be huge for us. Uh, I, I just, I'm not, I'm honestly not super worried about it. Now, I do believe, that, look, we're all speculating, but I think we only get into the ACC if Notre Dame comes to. Notre Dame's not coming. If you're Notre Dame, why do you come? Mike Abracadabra Casaza gave one reason why. Why? Because Notre Dame cannot finish higher than fifth at the highest. I was going to say, you don't have an automatic bid. Uh, well, they uh, have an automatic. They can make the playoffs. Automatic uh, bye. Bye week. week. They can't get the bye, and they can't ever be higher than number five in the playoff without and a And somebody said, when have you, I think, game. I don't know if it's Mike Golick or what, but when have you ever known uh, Notre Dame to give in on anything? And why when, should and, they? And when that came up. They acquiesced. Maybe they knew because in 10 years when this goes in, into, we're, we're probably going to be forced to jo- join a conference. I don't think they ever will be forced to join anything. I think ESPN, who's the main driver of all this, I think they're okay with ESPN, or with Notre Dame being independent. I think, um, I just don't see it changing. I don't see Notre Dame ever changing. Their identity is tied to being independent. And I don't see them ever leaving. If we're getting into the, a- if we're getting saying, into the ACC, Brandon, it's going to be on our own merit. If you look at the numbers that Notre Dame did against Clemson, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see why. I don't know. Because if their numbers look good, they just renegotiate and have a better contract for themselves. Yeah. I, you know, you might be right. I'm just saying. By let the way. Let me see if I make sure I'm not missing anything. Let, I made, like no, I said, I no, no, no. Here's another thing I want to say. Everybody was so all up in arms. All oh, these kids get to transfer whenever they want. The new transfer portal. It's ruining college football. This is why I never cared when kids decided to leave. Because now you have whole institutions that have signed contracts 
who have made promises that can, in the middle of the night, dip out and do whatever they want. Why can't the kids? Texas OU hit the transfer portal. <laughs> you know what I mean? They left. This is the reason why these kids should have the same ability. Don't tell me about loyalty and everything else. How much loyalty to Texas OU just show? And they should. They show loyalty to that money. And to their fan base. They should not show loyalty to anyone or anything besides money in their fan base. And I'm tired of people thinking otherwise. And I'm tired of people saying, I heard some people say, well, the, you know, every pro institution is going to be all about themselves. They, they, they already they, were. No, they, they've been saying that. they're all about themselves. It's very clear. It's all about money and what's best for them. It's not about the community. When has it ever been about the community and anything? In anything. Ever. Every single business is trying to monopolize any way they can. I had somebody trying to make the most money they can. Yeah. So now that these two institutions can make two thirds more, why would they, why should they stay? For you? You wouldn't do it. If a job offered you double what you're making right now, right now, and you had to leave tomorrow, and it was the same exact kind of work, you would be gone. Out. Without question. I'm not even thinking about it. Um, one thing I want to say, though, is West, West Virginia has to figure something out sooner rather than later. You know why? Why? Kevin, uh, what's his name? Is it Kevin Thomas? The receiver? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Thomas just put off his commitment. Crystal Ball had him going to us. Suddenly, he's putting off his commitment till tomorrow. But he, that doesn't affect him. That's a, the funny thing. So if Texas OU leave, maybe it does. I was going to say, you know, they're saying 24, 25. We all know that's not happening. We no, know it's, not. it's going to be a couple years. But the thing is, if you come in now, I mean, most of you. I just think the kids right now are getting that negative recruiting from those other coaches, from those other staffs. And if you're 50-50 on a team, you're not sure. Who, what negative recruiting? Uh, oh, you mean you mean big, against the Big 12? Not just that Texas OU left. It's, no. Why would you go to the Big 12? No, not just why would you go to the Big 12. You're going to, you're no longer Power 5. But when they get there, they, they, they are. They'll play for West Virginia under the Power 5 cloak. Will they? Yeah, I think so. What if Texas and Oklahoma leave in 2022? Okay, I still think, that, look, they're still letting 12 in. Well, not, not uh, here in a few years. It's but. the top 12. It'll be the top 12. And how many of those will by be the, SEC? By the how way, many will be Big Ten? By the how way, many will be ACC? I, I meant to say that. Have you ever thought about if we stayed, how our likelihood of maybe squeaking in? Think about our competition. There's no Oklahoma. There's no Texas. Do you, have, have you thought about it from that I've thought about that a lot. But I've also thought, I don't know what the playoff committee is going to say about our watered-down conference. And? Our most, completely, not well, just watered-down. Well, they get, they get one bid. If, if we win the conference, we, we get the bid. Do we get the bid? Or yes, they, are yes, they, are yes. They, that's not going to change. There's, it's, it's the five power five groups. Yeah. Are we going to be considered power five? Anymore? Yeah. Yeah. But to change those laws, to change that is going to take years. You think so? Yeah. They sound like tomorrow. They'd be like, uh, by the way, by the way, we decided. Wait, are you serious? You really think they wouldn't c- meet and say, by the way, we don't think you guys are power five anymore? I don't think I, no, no. I think they've, there's been contracts signed and no, there's no contract signed. Right now, I think so. No, I think Jimmy, so. There's no contract signed. We got to see. What are you talking about? No, the, I, the no, I literally know. Leaders, and then you get, hold up. No, you even get there one is no contract signed, Jeremy. There's no contract. So, no, so, so so Notre Dame can't be can never experience a buy because the playoff rules are oh there's rules yeah rules like, like, like that's as right. a contract there's yeah no contract, that's right though. no it's not a contract rules I, and contracts are not the same thing I feel like I feel like the, the when they went to the uh, the twelve that these conferences had to sign off on it Brandon they had to have and the, and by the way yeah they had to have 
I'm just telling you, I don't think there's any contract. And I think the moment Texas and Oklahoma are gone, we're not going to be considered Power Five anymore. I don't think it's. Is that how it worked with the Big East? Yeah, no, the Big East got they got a waiver. The Big East got a waiver. The Big East kept playing in the Orange Bowl and all that. Yeah, they got a waiver. The Big East got a waiver because those contracts were already already in place. Yeah, but you have to remember they had to fill. There wasn't contracts. It was not contracts with the Big East. Well, something locking them in. Okay, I'm just saying. All I'm saying, Jeremy, they gave them a waiver because they needed to fill the positions with the BCS in the bowl games. Okay, so very clearly, my answer is no. I don't think they'll take it away that quickly and i think they will i don't i, I think don't, they'll take I, it away instantly i don't i, <laughs> I think they'll take it away tomorrow if they i could. don't think they're going to i think they will i don't think they're going to i don't think to. they're going to give us a pass and just let whoever wins this crap conference <laughs> look get look, to the playoffs hey, look i look you're I'm the just, conference yeah. not only not only are you <laughs> in not only are you in you get a bye week <laughs> look look no, look no way i don't think i don't think they're changing immediately no hey, way. let us know Get at us. Let us know. Because I honestly don't think they're changing immediately. They're changing immediately. I can't believe you would think they wouldn't change immediately. House meeting. They, no, they mean you're a house meeting. We yeah, house meeting. ESPN and the SEC are, there's no way they're going to let one of their champions or like somebody wins the SEC East Brandon, but doesn't get it because Alabama was in. And we get it over them and get a bye. Are you crazy? One of the 12, first of all, it's just one of the 12 spots. Second of all, do you know how dirty that will be? In yeah. Texas, <laughs> yeah. then they come say, uh, excuse, um, excuse me, everybody who gets a free bid, take a step forward. Uh, uh, not, not so fast, <laughs> big, uh, big eight. The, <laughs> the big eight. The big eight's getting an automatic uh, bid. In a, look, in a it's competitive, Eight man. and four big eight champions. Gonna, there's no I don't way. Think there's though, Brandon, no way. I don't think they're ripping it away immediately. I say for at least the next three years, we get an automatic bid. You're, Jeremy, you are crazy. Okay. Well, let us know. We're going to put up a poll. But not put up a poll. Wait, we'll put up a poll. But, but there was something else I was going to say. Oh, wait. That's what I'm going to say. By the way, you think we had trouble keeping coaches before? Mm-hmm. If we're rele- relegated to the group of five, we're not going to just re- lose recruits. We're going to lose coaches. Are we talking we're about Shane Lyons? Are we going to talk about the AD or not? Uh, well, I, I, brought I, up to, I brought it up to Casaza. I, yeah. I brought it up to Casaza, and he said that it doesn't make any sense to him. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me either. But, you know, when he talks, and I don't know what they would offer him. He made way more money at WVU these last few years than what they paid their AD at Mizzou. Yeah, I'm but not. you never know. But yeah. also, like he said, like Casaza. Why did you say Mike? Mike, like Mike said. Mike, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like Mike said, um, it, it's a legacy builder right now. He's in a position to build his legacy, to build his reputation for time untold. He said a lot of people thought before it would be Huggins. What he did with Huggins, how he handled the end yeah. of Huggins' career would be that first line in his obituary. Now it's going to be, what did he do during conference realignment? Yeah. By the way, this is the last thing we want to talk about. But you were funny because you said, who would want the Big 12 job as, as commissioner? I'll take it. Yeah. Before, before you say, who would want the job? That, this is the easiest job ever, Brandon. There was, you ever been at a job where there's no expectation? You you ever been at a job where lo- morality so <laughs> morale is at all time low? Morality, morality is so all-time low. All time low. You can't mess it up. You know why? Because it's already messed up. It's ruined. It's ruined. So you do like Phil Jackson did with the Knicks. You go in there. By the way, you do nothing. You get half a hundred million dollars, and if it works out, hey, your legacy. I will. If say- it doesn't. I'll say Phil Jackson did a much better job than we gave him credit for looking at the moves in hindsight. Okay, well, but I get, what you, I get your point. I'm just saying, Brandon, in a heartbeat, you can't mess I, it up. Nah, you I, but Jeremy, you're not thinking like these guys in those positions. They're not, they're not thinking you can't mess it up. They're thinking you can't make this right. Whose name's going to be on the board? Yeah, yeah, when yeah. This, when the ship goes, too small. When the, when the ship sinks, 
Whose name's gonna be there? Bowlesby. Okay, that's the name. That's, that's the name. I, who's I can't be. express to you how irritated I am. All with Bob you have Bowlesby. to just keep doing is pointing at him. Yeah, you know, uh, you know when I took over, but Bob Bowlesby put us <laughs> such a put us. Excuse me, uh, what's what's uh Robert? But Robert Bowlesby put us in such a hole. <laughs> you can't lose. You can't lose. But anyway, you got anything else? Nah, that's all I got, man. All right. That's what we got. Uh, get at us. Up next, Mike. <laughs> Interview with Brandon and Mike. Rap me, boys! This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit. You are now joining the Raspy Voice Kids. This is once again a golden blue interview. Today we have Mr. Mike Abracadabra Casaza. <laughs> He's joining us today to give us the inside scoop on all things Mountaineer, specifically football expansion, NIL. We're going to get right to it. How are you today, Mike? Busy. We were supposed to do this hours from now, but I said no. The earth yes, is going to you- fracture and swallow us whole. We've got to get this done beforehand because um, I don't know. It's the phone's been busy, as you might imagine. Um, not so much right away. My sense is that a lot of the country was kind of like, "What the heck?" And then locally, a lot of people were like, "What the heck?" And they took some time to figure out what was happening. You know, some lag in response from from schools in the Big Twelve and West Virginia included, but I think a pretty optimistic response from West Virginia that I'm sure we'll talk about. And now you're starting to get people who they've had enough time to huddle. And to call people and to be called by people, I, I there's only so much I can or will spill. But I think wheels are in motion. I can. T- I mean, I think everybody that is in charge here is is well suited to do that. You look at resumes and and accomplishments of the people who are pulling the trigger on whatever happens next. That's pretty good. I think favorably for West Virginia. And you know, now's the time. You can only you can only. There's an old NBA fight with like Jerry Stackhouse and Jeff Hornacek. Remember that? Yeah. And like. Stackhouse just kept punching Hornacek in the head over and over and over and over. And like Hornacek just never like fought back. You can't be Jeff Hornacek. Sooner or later, you got to do something. Um, I think you're starting to see some some movement out of the corner. Um, and just to try to be a little bit more progressive and forward thinking and forward acting because this is probably going to happen. I don't know how fast it'll happen, but something's going to happen. And there's only so many lifeboats on the way off the island. So you got to be got to be expeditious here. That is an excellent way to describe this. This is a sinking ship. There are only so many lifeboats. The first question I have for you is, if you're a WVU fan, should we be panicking? Well, that's the default, right? Yes. I think they've written a book about that somewhere. Yes, maybe somebody did. Yeah, so, which is kind of, I feel bad, because maybe that's <laughs> self-indulgent behavior for some people. Maybe it shouldn't be here. But listen, when, when the walls start to shake and the roof starts to crumble, you, you don't just go, oh, cool. We're redecorating. That's not redecoration. <laughs> just because your wall looks different and you put some new stuff on the ceiling doesn't mean you're redecorating. It means that this is falling apart. So, yeah, you don't want to sit there and, and, and maintain status quo or and you're not going to like patch and plaster the walls and ceilings because the foundation and the structure is fractured. And when that happens and more weight is heaped upon it because the outside pressures are coming for the Big 12, I promise you, uh, then it's going to get worse and worse probably. So just holistically, yeah, this is not good. And if you're no. one of those West Virginia fans who thinks that, hey, we got we got on a lifeboat last time and we ended up in the Big 12, it could be a lot worse. We could be UConn. We could be Cincinnati, whatever. If you want to think like that, that's good. 
But I think a lot of West Virginia fans would probably be silly to just presume that you're going to get another positive outcome, especially when this looks just much more different as far as the goal and the intent of realigning and expansion. I don't think it's to put together, you know, five even number conferences or even power conferences. Geography is a joke. Academics, I think, are kind of a joke. This is all money in the consolidation thereof. And I don't think that you I don't think that you're going to find 65 equally teams with equal footing to make up a power five again. My my concern is that this is going to look just very different than what a lot of people are conditioned to expect. And then you wonder, you know, I think a lot of people think comfortably that West Virginia would be a top 65 program. That's your power five. What if it's 48, Brandon? What if it's 32? You feel good about that? That would worry me some. And then are you a second cut of the new FBS? Well, what does that mean? Can you recruit? Can you make money? Um, I, I think that West Virginia will not be relegated to group of five status. Um, but even since I first started thinking about this, I was like, oh, that'd be fine. They'll, they'll get one of the 65 seats at the table. More and more I read and I talk and I listen. I'm not sure 65 is a number anymore. And I wonder if they're a top 48 or a top 32. So that would concern me if you start to think about panic. If you start to think that um, what you were used to last time we did all this expansion stuff may not be what it is this time, that might make me worrisome. So it sounds like there's measured panic that's allowed. Encouraged, right? You want to be active and and you want to be because I, I do think word of mouth and I do think, you know, social media, things like that, that that's effective. It's a measurement. I think you're going to see West Virginia tout as well. Here's our social media following. Here's our reach and engagement status. We rank here among power five schools, but also like Brandon, where did everybody get the news that Texas and Oklahoma were leaving? Where'd you find out? I saw it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that presidents try to get up to speed? When they come out of their ivory towers, where do you think they go to try to figure out what people are talking about or where they get their news? Social I would media. hope I would hope it'd be Twitter. Yeah, you know, I'd hope not, but it probably is, right? <laughs> so, and I, and I think the other thing too is that there are there are certain biases that West Virginia and other schools are gonna have to knock down, and you're seeing it now. Like West Virginia put out a tweet the other day talking about their research status and their R1 school and all that. Um, the last time we did this, their academic status was very different, but also used against them, and they've grown from that and they're better. And I think you have to say again. What was last time is not this time, including that West Virginia's academic situation is much better. It can be qualified and explained, but like you have to listen. But where do people get their news on this stuff? They're going to find it on social media. And if they see a tweet that maybe wouldn't have found them unless it was retweeted or liked however many hundreds or thousands of times, that's going to be effective. So a way to get information in front of people when they find those spots or they find those moments in their day where they can fire up Twitter or whatever the information that finds them could be effective. So um, I think if you're panicked, but you also are working with that panic to Get the truth out there to, uh, I don't know, like promote, proliferate certain information, whatever. But if you're being a fan and you're trying to be effective to help your team, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's powered by panic. Hey, good for you. My thing is there's a lot of questions that will be answered down the road. Some of those things are more – some of those questions are more easily answered in a few years as opposed to right now. But as far as recruiting goes, we need answers right now. So how does this – a realignment, Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, going to the SEC. How does that affect West Virginia's Take Me Home 22 class? It's the worst possible timing. It just is. And I, I'm not saying that to be like mean or I told you so because I didn't tell you so. I thought they were going to have a chance to put together like a top 20 class. So it's not that. Um, it's coming from a place of reality here. It's the worst possible timing. Um, you have this great class and you have players that 
you're you're beating Miami and Michigan State and Penn State and Georgia and like like big time programs and you're beating them in their home state. It's not like some kid from Florida was thinking about going to Penn State and getting to West Virginia. Some kid from Miami was thinking about going to Miami and it's coming to West Virginia, right? Stuff like that is different and new and unusual, but that's what they've been able to do because of their their acumen recruiting right now. But now it's happening already. Like people are already talking about this. They're getting the phone calls about, oh man, you know, they they could be a group of high school. Are you sure you want to go to West Virginia? They, they might be out of the Big 12. You, you might be playing at Colorado State instead of at Texas. You might be playing at Boise State instead of Oklahoma. That's effective, don't you think? Yeah, if I was – listen, if I was another school, if I was any other – if I was an ACC, SEC, Big Ten school, even Pac-12 in very limited cases, there's no question I would be attacking WVU's credentials and their poss- possible landing spot right now as hard as I could. I mean, why would you not? Now – serendipity here maybe is that we're talking on a Wednesday, Thursday, they have a recruiting camp. And then I don't probably like an open house is what you might call it, where a lot of their committed players or a lot of their like most interested prospects who are likely to commit or at least entertain the idea this class and in future classes, they're going to be on campus. This was planned before the announcement. Allegedly. I don't know. I haven't been able to get this one, but like the timing was really close and you wonder if Shane Lyons had a tip um, that the reaction from football wasn't, oh, we probably better do something to get everybody on campus because now you get everybody on campus on Thursday. What do you think they want to know about? Not your uniform combinations. Not a, are you going to bring back the grays? You're going to bring back the blacks? You're going to have those cold uniforms again? Like, what do you think is going to happen? No, they're going to want to know about what conference you're going to be in. So it's a good way to get everybody in the room together and to block out the noise from other conferences and, and other activities like you talked about because that's absolutely happening. And then just say, here, here's what we know. Here's what we're planning. Or, hey, here's an assurance or a reassurance you have. Um, and just give them the spin that you want. And you have that power right now. Because, again, there's, there's going to be walls around them when they're inside the football building. And you know, they, can, they can walk them around and show them all the new digs and the $55 million of improvement. And they can talk about the schedule and where they're going the next couple of years. The fact is that a lot of those kids might be on campus when all of a sudden, again, you're swapping out Texas and Oklahoma for Boise State and Colorado State or something like that. I'm just using those two teams hypothetically, but you get the idea. Everybody's going to fall short of uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, my buddy, Chris, that I work with, said that the really good way to, to promote this is that, hey, yeah, the Big 12 might not be here, but what if we're in the ACC? And what if we're playing games near your homes in Pittsburgh and in Georgia and in Florida? That might be a positive here. What if you're a kid from the DMV? Oh, yeah, we'll be back there. We're playing in the UVA. We're playing in Virginia Tech. What are you worried about? There's a way to do this. So you might figure out what people are being sold right now and you might be able to uh, buy it back, so to speak, and give them the right information. So it, it'll work, I think. But I'd be really interested, too, to see who who else from the university is at this this open house here, because I wrote the story earlier in the summer. They were using Gordon Gee in recruiting. And a lot of these kids are like most notably Nico Marchio, the, the four star quarterback. A lot of these kids are like, holy cow. The president of the university is here on this random Saturday in June talking to me and my family just about the university. I'm not getting that out of the schools. I, I would think that the bat signal is out for Gordon Gee and Shane Lyons to show up at the push guard center this weekend, don't you think? I think so, but I think they'd have been maybe a little bit better served if they would have included the RVK. What do you think, Mike? NIL. Can you hook something up there? Yeah, we could hook something up for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked a lot about the – destabilization of the Big 12, pretty much the demise of the Big 12. Done. Finished. It's over. And I saw this. The thing that was interesting to me is when it came out, I believed it right away because it came from a reputable news source with a vetted report. This was not some backwoods uh, 
internet troll on some message board making a statement about his cousin who knows a board, of, you know, of governor's member. You know what I mean? Like, They're I all back, I, by the way. They're all back. Who's back? The internet troll on the message board. Oh group. yeah, yeah. They're all back. They've been they've been doing reps in the bullpen for ten years. They're ready. They're they're throwing one hundred and seven on the gun right now. It's fantastic. This is their time to shine, Mike. This is their oh, time. Man. So I'm asking you, as a guy who's connected, a guy who's been around the university for a long time, what what are WVU's most realistic options for landing in a conference? All right. So the the first one I think is, and it's not. This is going to be unpopular, but is to somehow preserve the Big 12. Now, that's impossible as is, because Texas and Oklahoma are gone. Um, I get that. But you still have eight Power 5 programs. Um, and if a couple of them leave, they're not, they're not taking you with them. They're just not. So you you got to find a way to convince everybody to say, hey, let's finish out our TV deal, so to speak. Because I, I think there's no way Oklahoma and Texas are here for four more years. They're going to negotiate that out in the courts. So... You may have one, maybe two more years of those two. But when that happens, you got to say, all right, for scheduling purposes, for travel purposes, for recruiting purposes, we have these eight teams here, but we're also going to bring in, I don't know, let's go hypothetical again here, Boise State, Colorado State, Cincinnati, Houston. That would be fun. But I don't know, some combination, four to six more teams, maybe eight. So now you're, at, you're up at like 12, 14, 16 teams. That's one. But also I would say this too, that's, that is not a perpetual thing. And if I'm West Virginia, I'm leery of that for a couple of reasons. One, I've spent too much and I've worked too hard to separate myself from the power five when I got the chance 10 years ago. I'm not letting them in the room. I would, I'd be really leery about getting in with Cincinnati and UCF and Memphis and Houston because they're pretty close. And if you give them power five armament, guess what? When this happens again, you might be behind them in line. So why even entertain that threat? So I would not want to do that, but I think that's an option. But I would also maybe think about doing that because – You'd at least have an affiliation with the CFP. You'd have a chance as a, as a conference and an automatic bid as a champion. Very similar to the Big East back in the BCS, too. That wasn't the best conference, but when you won it, you got something for it. So that's been good to West Virginia before. It could be again, but I'd also have an escape plan there. That might be just a couple of years until I'm out again. So I would not, I would not marry myself at that idea. My priority beyond that, that's more a matter of survival, survival prosperity, Whatever I can do, get in the ACC. And I think you're seeing that now with some of their, like I said, some of their social media, some of their very subtle advertising. They're trying to show them that the world has changed. And maybe the schools know it, but the fan bases don't. Maybe some of the boosters and donors and, and board of governors or board of directors in the ACC don't know that stuff. Why would they have paid attention to West Virginia in the past 10 years? But make that stuff available. Put it in their face. It, it's irresistible when they get the information, but you got to make sure they get the information. I think you're going to see that type of full court press. And then I would I would probably think about something strange. You know, can you create a Pac-12, Big 12 with like a weird scheduling alliance where do you want to travel out to the Pac-12 schools? No, but like you can you can find a way where, again, if you bring your eight current Big 12 schools, maybe just six of them and you have the 12 Pac-12 schools and you got a 20 or 18 team conference. Do like 10 conference games, do 11 conference games and one non-conference game, but like. Keep it regional. So maybe the Big 12 are still playing each other and you're playing one, maybe two Pac-12 teams, one home, one away. You really cut down on the scheduling and the expenses for like guarantee games or things like that. And then basketball, you got a super conference that would be pretty cool. And also you could do – I think what we learned from COVID is you can do crazy stuff in basketball. You can play twice a week. You can play on a Thursday and a Saturday. 
I don't know. Do you do like neutral sites, something like that? Do you, do you have like the West come East and the East come West and you meet in the middle and do like a three game tournament or something like that? I don't know. I'd just be thinking, I'd be thinking obtuse because the best idea is gone. The best idea is Oklahoma and Texas. So, you know, first be best, then be first and be first with this weird 20 team, 22 team conference that is going to have a lot of, you know, I would say cachet with television and, and, you know, ticket sales and things like that. The Pac-12 commissioner is kind of a wild card, too. He's new. He's a big thinker. I think he's bold and aggressive and wants to do something. And, and that's, a, that's a guy that may be open to something like that. So preserve the Big 12, get in the ACC, and then maybe do some, some type of merger. So you're saying preserving the Big 12, in your opinion, is, is the preferred option? No, but I think that's the best bad idea right now. And, like, again, this isn't – you're not going to have a new conference for a while. Even if, even if Oklahoma and Texas leave, it might be a while before you can get what you want. So, and again, you've got to be in the CFP. Now, what's to say that the CFP wouldn't kick out West Virginia's conference if they don't have Texas and Oklahoma and also, I don't know, what if TCU goes to the Pac-12 and Oklahoma State goes to the ACC? Something like that. Again, hypotheticals here. But you, you don't want to have any type of reason to say that, hey, the Big 12 is not invited to this anymore. So if you can build it up, because an eight-team conference is going to be a really hard sell for the CFP to allow to stay in the party. Um, you know, what's your, how many conference games are you playing? Seven? That's not going to work, right? Are you playing? You don't have a conference like, championship anymore. Well, you that, that that I think you can work around because the Big Twelve did that before when they brought it down to ten teams. So that's, but again, you, you're kind of getting toward the point there. Now you're even lower under the minimum threshold, and I don't think people are going to want to make exceptions to that when they can and they can keep party out and get more of their teams in. So I would be, I think you got to do something in the interim to get there. But um, I just think that's a, a way in the in the interim maybe to do it. Do you grant like conditional status to some football schools? You know. I'm not saying it's Notre Dame, but Notre Dame has an arrangement to play football in the ACC and the basketball. Can you do that with other conferences? I don't know. I don't think so. But I think that just in the immediate situation here, you risk losing a spot in the CFP. And that's enormous. You're not getting back in there. So you might have to do something. Again, go out and make a really big league out of teams that are ready. But the other part about that is if you're Cincinnati, do you want in the Big 12? Because that's probably the best program out there. It's, that's group of five, right? If you're used to if you're Houston, are the Texas schools going to get you in now? I don't know. So that, that's – do you want to get in? And can you get in? And I think the Big 12 might be stupid to not let Texas in because that's a quality athletic department. Um, and they'd be silly not to let Cincinnati in for the same reasons. But I wonder if they both want to get in. I wonder if they can get some biases out of the way, specifically looking at the Texas schools in Houston. But survival here is, is just a whole different dynamic. I would prefer the ACC. I just think that might be further down the road. I haven't seen anything that says the ACC has to or will grow. And if you're West Virginia, just you continue to play the fiddle or do you just try to do something proactive and at least save your spot in the CFP? There was a blue check Clemson blog that wrote an article today, basically saying West Virginia wasn't worth the ACC's time. Um, what has to happen to get West Virginia into the ACC? Cause we talked, we talked about the PAC 12, uh, we understand how that works. I mean, you explain how that would work. The pitch basically is simple. You know, you're trying to survive, so you want to grow that league. The Big Ten's not going to take us because we're not AAU. I've had no delusions of being in that conference since the last time with conference realignment when I realized the AAU was a huge, uh, important status for the Big Ten. The ACC makes the most sense. What has to happen for us to get there? What do, what do Shane Lyons and Gordon Gee have to do to get us into the ACC? So I'm going to steal from my own podcast here, Brandon. I apologize. But if I'm Shane Lyons, I walk into the ACC boardroom in Greensboro um, and I pull a, a poster 
out of my briefcase, my attache, whatever you want to call it, and it's got the the 14 Big 12 schools, and you say, oh, or ACC schools, and hey, these all look familiar, right? Oh, yeah, that's that's our membership. Cool. Yeah, shut up. I'm not done. And I take my scissors, and I cut out Clemson, and I cut out Florida State, and I cut out Georgia Tech, and I cut out UNC. I'm like, what do you have now? You have a 10-team conference that ain't nearly as cool or as reputable as what you thought. Be careful. I'm coming from the Big 12. I understand what happens if you lose two programs. Um, this is the way this works now. This is this is Shark Tank cutthroat stuff because the most vulnerable Power Five conference realistically was the Big Twelve, and it lost its two biggest commodities. Um, the two school, the two the two conferences most likely to grow and to be ambitious here are going to be still the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, the most vulnerable now is who? I don't ACC. think those schools. I don't think, yeah, exactly. I don't think those conferences have a whole lot of interest in any of the Big Tens or any of the Big 12 schools. Like, I understand Kansas uh, and Iowa State are AAU institutions. Are they Big Ten teams? I don't know about that. Um, I think Kansas has a chance with their basketball brand. I know this is driven by football, but that brand makes so much money that it actually would be an attraction for the Big Ten, in my opinion. Fair. I take that. But I think you're probably going to see more of an interest in going to the ACC because that's the next one. That's the low-hanging fruit here. So, what happens if Clemson goes to the SEC? I don't know that they will because they have it so easy right now to get to the CFP every year. But what if that happens? Like, what if they're like, you know what? This is a really cool idea. The future is going to be a 24-32 team SEC. We should be in there. Let's go now. What if Florida State goes? What if uh, Georgia Tech and UNC, AAU schools, go to the Big Ten? Now your ACC is crumbling and bad. So what do you say? You said, listen, you could have that if you're Shane Lyon. You can have that. You can lose four schools and you're in trouble. Or do something big. Add. You know, get Notre Dame and us. Get Notre Dame, West Virginia, and uh, Oklahoma State, um, just, just tell them that they are at, they're in a very vulnerable position right now. And, hey, I came from the shaky walls and the crumbling ceiling. You do not want that. I know what it looks like, and sorry to tell you guys, this little room looks kind of familiar to what I'm accustomed to. Do something. We could be part of your solution. And then from there, when they go, hey, that's not a bad idea, then you hit them with the facts, like what's different than from what was before. Um, the trouble is that this still goes to money. And I'm not sure that West Virginia moves the needle nearly enough to cause the TV contract to be renegotiated in such a way. They're in a not a great TV contract, I think, in through 2036. Yeah. Um, it's about $10 million less than what the Big 12 makes annually. If you add two teams, you know, are you adding $160 million by those two teams? It's going to have to be West Virginia and like somebody. And Notre Dame would be the one, but I don't think Notre Dame is going anywhere right now, too. So that's the hard part for West Virginia is that they can they can explain a threat that I think the ACC is, is going to be aware of sooner than later. But does West Virginia alleviate that threat? Not alone. And I'm not sure who the partner or partners are to make that happen. If not Notre Dame. The thing with Notre Dame is I don't personally believe there's any conference that could sell them on joining personally. I don't think they could join the big 10, uh, even though the big 10 would make an exception for the AAU status in the Notre Dame case, in my opinion, from what I've seen, from what I've heard, from what's happened over the last 25 years, uh, 30 years, maybe. I don't believe that Notre Dame's joining the ACC because they have no reason to right now. They get everything they want while still remaining independent, which is part of their identity, which a lot of people don't get. Notre Dame's identity is tied to being an independent, being the independent. Mm-hmm. Um, so joining the ACC, we've got to figure out a way to prove that we deserve to be there. That is, is the main thing, like you said, is money generated. And I don't know how you can convince them of that. I don't know how. I don't think attendance, I don't think attendance is going to do it. I don't think reviving Big East rivalries. What does ACC care about Big East rivalries? Yeah, they don't care at all. <laughs> all right. So, oh, hey, you know what? Saturday in Chestnut Hill is going to be spicy now. No, it's not. 
I don't even think Boston College would care about that. You think Miami cares about beating, having nope. West Virginia down their stadium? No, Pitt. Nope. I'm not sure the ACC would care. Oh, my God, they sold out. Pitt, West Virginia, in Pittsburgh. So? <laughs> it yeah, doesn't they matter. They don't uh, care. It's, That's- a, it's a cool thing, but, like, I don't think attendance is a big deal anymore. Attendance is down everywhere. Stadium size doesn't matter anymore. That's tough. The, only, the, the Notre Dame thing is interesting because I think contractually the, the only one they can realistically really get into is the ACC. It's hard for them to get out of that. And again, they the best they can be is fifth place in the CFP. So the top six teams, the, the top the, the the top six are your automatic or your conference champions. Hold on, let me let me articulate this here. You get your six conference champions in, and then six at larges. So the top six conference champions, top six at larges. Um, the top four teams get a bye. Well, Notre Dame's not getting a bye because they're not a conference champion because they don't have a conference, right? So yeah. the the best that Notre Dame could be is the number five seed. Notre Dame could be eleven and 0. Notre Dame could be twelve and zero, and be the five seed. That's not going to be good for Notre Dame. So, is there a way that they'll negotiate that condition? Probably. Um, but could the ACC make it a lot easier and say, "Get in, just get in," and you can win our conference? You know, maybe you beat Clemson, or maybe something weird happens and you beat you know someone else. But like, you don't have to worry about being fifth and being twelve and zero. So get in win the conference, and be the two seed. So that that's a big deal. Like Notre Dame not being able to get a, a top four seed is, I think, a leverage point. I'm not sure it matters. I'm not sure that they can't win the tug of war and negotiate that out in the CFP. Uh, their AD is involved in a lot of the, the top shelf meetings, but I think that's a dynamic that you might want to push your finger on and see what that can happen there. So what timeline, what's the timeline for all of this? I think that the SEC thing will be done by maybe the end of the week. It's crazy when you think about this. But from there, there really isn't a rush because you don't have to have it in time for a football season. Really, I don't even think next season is going to make sense for a lot of these schools. The SEC would probably move um, move Earth to accommodate Texas and Oklahoma, but I'm not sure all the other leagues and schools want to or can do that. You know, Scheduling arrangements are, are tricky as it is. You're talking buying out a whole bunch of conferences and things like that. I just don't know how that would work. The, the court cases would be dragged out in litigation for a long, long time. And I, I assure you it's going to go to court. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it could be one of those things where I, I don't think that the end of the grant of rights for the Big 12 is the end of the Big 12. I think it'll be done before that. And then some of these other leagues, I think, are maybe a year ahead. I don't have it in front of me. So um, I think this season, obviously, is going to play out as it is. I suspect next season will, too. But I think that by the, I think a year from now, we'll have all the answers how close to a year from now or how much time has passed between a year from now when we find out. I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm not sure that anybody's urgent to, to grow. I haven't really heard that or seen that from the ACC or big 10, but I know this at like college leadership. Um, when those people get into athletics, a lot of the, the, the compulsion is that's a cool thing they did. Can we do that? And that's probably what you're going to see. And I just think that you're going to see a lot of these conferences go, well, all right, we, we looked into it. It doesn't make a lot of sense right now. So I think it'll, I don't think it'll, it'll be fast. I don't think it'll, it'll be hot right away, but I think eventually you're going to see a fuse lit and some things happen. I think that's going to be months from now though. All right. So we've covered pretty much all the bases that I can think of as far as conference realignment are concerned. I saw a tweet by Pete Tamil, um, a reporter who said he put Shane Lyons on his short list for Mizzou for Missouri's AD job. What are you hearing about that? Nothing. I, and that was that was on Tuesday, I believe. I just haven't heard anything about that yet. Um, I don't. My 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 reaction right here today is that Shane would be on a number of lists just because of his profile. 
I have no idea what his affiliation to Missouri would be. Um, I think that that's a guy that would be looking for a top, top job. Um, is it Alabama? Is it a place in the ACC? I mean, he's, he's been mentioned for like commissioner positions too. But I think with him taking, um, taking the helm right now, I think that he's locked in here at West Virginia for a while. I think that this is a legacy decision for him. Um, it's funny. We were obsessed about his legacy attached to the Bob Huggins situation. What does he do? You know, how long does he let him go? Who makes the hire to replace Huggins? And why is it not Shane Lyons? <laughs> but, yeah. like, but you know what I mean? Like how that's handled is going to be something that is going to be, you know, first line of the obituary, you know, and I think that's an interesting thing. Now that's totally different. Now that's 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 not even on the back burner. That's not even on the stove anymore. Like what happens with the conference affiliation is going to be his legacy. And I don't think I don't think he's bailing on that. I think this job and this place means too much to him. Um, and and again, I think if he ever did leave, it's not from Missouri. Yeah, that's, that seems to be the sentiment for most people. Um, it sounds like he made significantly more than the Missouri, Mizzou's last AD on top of all the other connections that he has to WVU. And also the precarious situation that we're in at the moment, you know, navigating all this conference realignment stuff, it seems like he would probably stay. But I just say never say never. So we'll have to wait and see. Pete's sharp, too. If Pete's got names, they came from somebody who gave him the names who knows the score. So I mean, that's, that's something to keep in your radar for sure. But I just think that the, the circumstances line up such a way right now that that's not going to happen. Well, that's why I asked, because it was Pete Tamil. It wasn't me. Yeah. It wasn't some, you know, <laughs> blogger or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's somebody who who's doing this for real. Like, who knows what they're doing and, and is connected. Uh, mm. So that's why I ask. Um, the last question I have for you, the last two, I guess. What advantages have we taken as a university using the new NIL rules? It's different. I wrote about um, this week about basketball. Basketball has put out one of their staffers, Jay Koontz, who's the assistant of the head coach. And it's a name that people would recognize him. He, he's very um, animated, illustrated on the sidelines. He's in a lot of the shots in the huddle, and he's got a clipboard and all that. But a lot of people might not know the name of what he's done, but he's kind of climbed the ladder through the years. I think he's been here for 13 years. Started as a manager, and now he's the assistant of the head coach. And you know, different schools have poked around to, to try to pull him away in the past couple of years. He's one of those like stock rising kind of guys. But once I figure out who he is, like, why don't we have a guy like that? Or, but it's like a jack of all trades over there. And um, you know, he's done stuff from like player development to on campus recruiting and a bunch of stuff in between. And Huggins put him in charge of name, image, and likeness. And he right away, you know, first day called like 200 businesses. And then, you know, when they went to the TBT in Charleston last week, he went down there early. And the team was down there. There was a buzz about the tournament in Charleston. And he, he jumped on it. He went to businesses and said, hey, what can we do? And, and here we are, you know, not yet a month into this and probably about a month away from when basketball kind of jumps on stage a little bit, maybe more than that. Um, he's got an NIL deal for every player on the team, all 15 players, including James Oconquo, who just signed his NLI two years ahead of schedule. So 15 players, some of them, you know, three, four deals, they've lined up. Um, football is very different. Football is a much bigger roster. And the problem there is that, you know, there's 22, there's 11 players in the field every play. You know, there's 22 players who are involved in the game, you know, more than that, theoretically. Um, they're under helmets. They're not exposed to the public via the media or availability quite as often, quite as accessible or as easily as basketball. And they don't have anybody who's out working for the players. They've left out other players themselves. So I don't think it's as advantageous as advantageous for football. But I think like once Letty Brown 
who has professional representation, um, once he starts doing stuff, once Dante Stowe starts doing stuff, once Caden Prather starts doing stuff, once uh, Charles Woods starts doing stuff, that can change. So it's easy for me right now to say, man, basketball's got together, football doesn't. The truth is, Brandon, like once, once guys start dunking and scoring touchdowns and, and getting, you know, game winning stats and highlights all over YouTube, then that's when the offers are going to come in. I just think that currently basketball is much more proactive. Football, the iron is going to be hot first. And again, maybe 15 players in the football team get attention. There just happens to be 15 players in the basketball team. So, you know, dollar for dollar or you know, pro rata, whatever you want to call it. The, the splash may be bigger for basketball because, and they have somebody out there doing it, but football is more of a pie piper where I think the players will get offers because people come out to them. So um, very different. I think basketball is definitely playing these as an advantage. I'm going to write about that for Saturday about what they're going to do, but you know, they'll be back on the road and in kids living rooms in September and they're going to have like a portfolio to show them uh, football. Not the same. Their position is just different. Um, I do think that this, this, I don't know, paradox of approaches kind of goes toward what I thought before. Some coaches are going to be all in and want to do it because they have the resources to do it. And again, Jay Koontz is a really good resource for that. Football, I think some coaches are just going to be like, let's let these kids do it themselves. It'll fizzle out. They're going to find out that the offers aren't there like they thought. They're going to find out it's hard to be your own agency. And they're going to say, you know what, I better be good at football because I'm not good at football. Nothing else is going to come from it. And then it'll get quiet. Um, they'll start focusing on football and practice and film study and all that stuff. And then the coaches will get what they want. Coaches want to have their thumb on everything. This NIL stuff freaks out a lot of coaches because it's out of their control. So if you don't feed the fire, what happens? It goes out. And I think yeah. a lot of coaches across the country are, are kind of hoping that I'm not saying that Brown is like that, but I could see like, let's, let's let them learn this lesson on their own. And like, if I'm good, I'll get offers. If I'm too busy getting offers and I stink, I'm not going to get the offers. And that kind of takes care of itself. Mike, we appreciate everything you had to say today. You were excellent. You gave us all the answers that we were looking for. Obviously not the answers that, you know, you can't answer. <laughs> the big the big stuff, like where we're going to land, but you gave us basically the route that needs to be taken, what's being done, how it's being done, and we appreciate that. We're thankful for your time today. Thank you for joining us. Anytime, Brandon. Just uh, let me know, and I'll make sure I give you one of seven or eight times that we can make it work like this time. <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right, man. Take care. Later. Podcast Network.